So today we're talking about Dawson's Creek episode, season one, episode two. maiden voyage mm-hmm. and I feel really good about that. Yeah, me um, too. I know both of us have had a little bit of a frustrating evening, mm-hmm. but I think that'll help us to identify with these frustrated teens <laughs> with all the sexual energy just dammed up inside them. Uh, uh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> but correct. But correct. This episode is particularly angsty because as we're about to find out, there is a big dance involved, which as we're all aware is sort of a... Uh, <laughs> You are so white again. In the- <laughs> and so when you look at me with those big dead eyes, it's really... <laughs> I only glow because I died 20 years ago. You're just like teeth and headphones. <laughs> anyway. I take that as a firm compliment. Uh, yeah, so there's a big a big dance at stake in this episode. And I think that that is, a, you know, a staple for any sort of teen drama. Agreed, agreed. I, I believe you said, but the title of the episode is The Dance. Mm-hmm. Do you, I don't remember, and maybe it's because we were just eternal losers, but I don't remember The Big Dance featuring so heavily in my high school experience. Not in my high school experience. I would say in our middle school experience, probably. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That was the place to see and be seen and to dance, leaving room for the baby Jesus between you. <laughs> right. I mean, like, nothing happened to us, really. I mean, a couple things happened to us at those dances, but they weren't there wasn't as much on the line as like a high school dance would have been sure. but that's yeah like i i feel like i learned what a blowjob was because someone yelled the word blowjob not because anything <laughs> bad happened right yeah but i would say like emotion wise the the raft dances of our middle school years were probably my equivalent of that's so true there was more emotional buildup around them and it was like everyone's going I, yes exactly everyone's gonna be there and it's like kind of lame but we're like excited and uh-huh absolutely and i will just say just to clarify more than leaving room for the baby Jesus, I would say we were leaving room for the, the Hanukkah uh, bush. <laughs> yes, Hanukkah bush. Yes, leaving room for Adonai, I would say. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, you know, I think I maybe d- got danced with once at one of those dances, but, you know, what you got to do? Yeah, I, I feel you. You know? I danced a little, but I think both of us had to be a firm aggressor to make that happen. <laughs> I'm sure I don't know what you mean. <laughs> you had to be like, excuse me, other 12-year-olds of the male persuasion, could you stop just running full tilt into the padded gym walls long enough to dance with someone? <laughs> Thank mean, you. Could you? Let, like, let me know. So what I forgot to say at the top of the show is that we are Dawson's Creeps, best friend we duo. We are such Dawson's Creeps. <laughs> we are number one Dawson, number one and two Dawson's Creeps, a best friend duo rewatching and reviewing the series that defined a generation one episode at a time again this is episode two the dance in which features a dance of great import i would like to say this episode aired january 27th 1998 some historical things that were happening at that time together again by janet was the number one song not sure whom janet may be maybe janet jackson I think they would drop the Jackson in okay, there if it okay, was her. Okay. And a crane crashed into Roosevelt Island tram in New York City, injuring ten. Now is that hooray? Now is that the like a crane the bird or a crane? I think you know. I think you're asking for comical effect, and I won't buy into it. There's no comical effect on this show. It's just this is fact. serious journalism, you monster. Uh, I would also like to say January twenty seventh. My birthday. Oh, shoot. I was looking for like a star chart of what it meant to be a January 27th 
1998 it as means, opposed to 88. It means but, this. Yeah, it wasn't when I was born. <laughs> What's 98? How old were we in 98? Oh, 10. 10. Yeah. <laughs> I can do it. It was your 10th birthday. Aw, and this and the big dance aired. <laughs> it's to celebrate. That's what the dance was celebrating, your 10th birthday. Oh, my God. Thanks, everybody. I uh, loved being 10. Oh, my God. And 10 were injured on Roosevelt Island. <gasps> Holy shit. Do, 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 do. So I would love to just, like, jump into this episode. I don't know how you feel. I feel like that is great. Okay, awesome. <laughs> um, as we mentioned, there's a e-dance component to this episode, but there's a couple different things going on. And just per IMDb, this is their paragraph summary of what occurs. <laughs> as Dawson struggles to complete his film by the festival deadline, he decides to mix business with pleasure by casting Jen, with whom he now has a budding romance. Uh, whore. This- Sorry. This continues to irritate Joey for reasons she won't truly admit even to herself. Mm. Lesbian. Dawson <laughs> soon finds he has some competition in Cliff, an upperclassman who's not as enlightened, but is handsome and popular for his football prowess, <laughs> and is stunned when Jen accepts Cliff's invitation to the dance. Although not one to attend dances himself, Dawson now feels compelled to rush in and make an utter fool of himself. Wow. There's some opinions from my... This might actually be from that, like, Angel Fire Dawson's Creek webpage where I got <laughs> the other breakdowns. Not... not I don't remember. Uh-huh. Casey, meanwhile, moves forward with increasing confidence in his secret quest for romance with his teacher. Well said. Thank Angel you Fire. so much. <laughs> Creek.angelfire. <laughs> yeah. Let's hop right in. Um, this episode opens with the filming of the proverbial, per- yeah, the proverbial movie, Dawson's submission to the movie festival in Boston. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. We come in again sort of having Dawson POV cam as he is shooting them on his shitty camcorder, which I we learn later gets some other uses from his parents. Can't wait to stroll back around to that moment. Ugh. Great line from Pacey's character. I may not believe you, Stephanie, but I believe in you. <laughs> Yeah. I'm assuming that's in reference to seeing a giant swamp monster. Let that sink in. <laughs> I think the key thing here that's going to play out through the episode, though, is that per the script, Pacey and Joey are supposed to um, make out now, and they can't bring themselves to do it, mostly because Joey, like, freaks out and sort of fake cough until she legitimately gags at the idea of, of kissing Pacey. Yeah, Joey's having a hard time um, making mouth love to her longtime like friend or frenemy friend by circumstance unwilling <laughs> yes exactly friend, friend by circumstance paren unwilling <laughs> exactly uh, her exact line is he is too repelling <laughs> yeah and they refuse to kiss i like this moment the camera pulls back from the tv and we see the movie was playing while dawson and joey were watching it so fun such fun and this uh so in the scene where dawson and joey are watching the video dawson uses a term it's not a term he says his lips are reserved for someone else which oh my god yeah i know so vile jen i would say i'm not gonna give anything away but i would say poor old jen exactly dawson is particularly repellent in this episode i know it's hard to pick you know pick out when he's more repellent than other times but i found him really on point for being horrible Yes. I mean, everyone was turning it up to 11 in this episode. Well, all the men were turning it up to 11 in this episode, but Dawson was by far the, like, far and away the winner of the repellent contest. 
Ugh, just sense like dew shivers down my spine. Oh. Just to really set this scene, when I say they're both watching the movie, Joey I think is lying on the bed and Dawson is carefully painting a model of Joey's head. Yes. That's the reveal at the end of the scene. Like, what's he painting? Oh, yeah, it's a crude model of Joey's head that if I saw someone painting of me, I would I would call the police. <laughs> That's the only suitable action to take. Yeah, it's a, it's not only, okay, it's not only a painted head, it's like a perfectly sculpted, like, thing. Like, Dawson should quit high school and filmmaking and just make heads because it's like a perfect likeness of her of her face and he's painting it and then he turns it around to show her the face of the copy of her face that he's made and he says you got kissable lips it's terrifying (laughs) also the whole time he's diabolically painting this head model he's talking about how she has to kiss pacey whether she wants to or not because the script demands it so that's like a real me too moment of he's like so wrapped up in making this facsimile of her head (laughs) while he's also telling her that she has no choice but to aggressively make out with a man on camera for him (laughs) no choice yeah yeah it's it's horrifying it's also interesting i think probably as an artist you have a keener eye for like the subtleties of art because when i saw that head i was like that is a monstrosity that in no way resembles josephine potter (laughs) uh yeah i mean i i i I think that maybe I know what it would look like in real life. Exactly. That's what I was going for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have the the real insight of going to art school and knowing what can be wrought. Yes, exactly. Like, it's not a perfect likeness, but... True. It is a human that, like, just a high school student is whipping up in his bedroom, and you can tell it's a human head. (laughs) Right, exactly. Where did he buy that wig? Yeah, I don't know because it was ninety eight. So like, where do you get a wig in ninety eight if you're a if you're on the Cape? You know, right? You can't like Postmates it to right. Postmates a wig. <laughs> I wonder if his mom had it for like sex games with the neck, and he just borrowed it from their like sex closet. That's not a bad. I mean, as we'll see later, his parents are borrowing his camcorder. So exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, like, strange sex moves, Joey does say the line later, I think, where she's talking about how, like, things move faster in New York. He's really got to make his move and make out with Jen, for whom his lips are reserved. Mm. And, you know, she's kind of saying, he's saying, like, I don't want to move that fast. And she's like, I'm just talking about a kiss. I'm not suggesting leather straps and Crisco. (laughs) I just love that Joey is so painfully horned up and has such specific gross knowledge. Like, I have that specific gross knowledge, but I grew up with the internet. I know. Does Does the Cape side even have internet? I totally agree. Uh, she's just, I just love this element of Joey's personality where, like, she she's very sheltered. Uh, you know, she, they live in, like, small town, the Cape. And I know that Joey's experienced things. Like, her dad's, well, her family's not great. Her family life isn't great. But um, we know her dad's in jail. That's been okay. revealed. Okay. Her dad's in jail and her mom is dead. Her mom's dead, by the way. Don't worry. If you missed it that time, you'll hear about it, I would say, approximately 900 more times before the end of the series. So you will not forget. It's somewhat of a catch-all of an excuse for her. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, I like that she's pretty uh, sheltered, but she claims to have all this knowledge about the outside world, like the Crisco. And in that same breath, or not later, she says something about Jen. And it's the same. It's like, they move fast in New York. I told you. It's like, how... Would you know that? Right. <laughs> you don't know anything about New York. You've, like, never been there. I guess he just, like, reads, like, Seventeen magazine. But I remember much more of, like, a nail polish journalism focus in that publication. I yeah. don't think you know much about Crisco and how fast things move in New York. 
<laughs> yeah, agree. My favorite part of those magazines were the like super embarrassing stories. Yeah. Remember that? And like I got my period and it was on my butt and stuff like that. They were that was literally all of them. Yeah. I got yeah. my period. <laughs> and it was on my butt. And it was <laughs> Please do not be mistaken, right on the butt. I mean, I guess the New York thing I could see just coming from movies. It's the Crisco specifically. Like, what an imagination. I know. When she finally loses her V-card, like, watch out, world. So, yeah, from there we get the opener. And then after that, we're in the high school. We get, again, some delicious shots of outside the high school where you've got rollerbladers with their sweatshirts tied around their waist just living life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha- hacky sacking big time. Mm-hmm. And then we get a classic, like, thing again that we never experienced in high school, but I wish we had, where there's one student who's in charge of the announcements and kind of can wax poetical on the PA system. I believe it was just our principal, mm-hmm. whoever made announcements that I remember. Yeah, I think so. Or, like, the uh, the the principal's secretary or something. Yeah, his, like, floozy who we ended up running away with. <laughs> remember his second banana? They ended up eloping or whatever. Yeah. Like, I- they left their partners she was a dean she wasn't his secretary but yeah right right that was like i was trying to get there with the second banana yes 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 yeah yeah dean something i forget her name but yeah right well we probably shouldn't cast aspersions on them by name in this podcast but <laughs> i you guess know you're who right you are and we know you're listening but it was a real like dawson's creek-esque you know mm-hmm. moment I'm surprised that that happened because it's so perfectly 90s television. I know. Then we get a brief scene in the film class, Dawson's film class with the film teacher. Well, again, Dawson comes to him with this insane idea that, like, since he's not allowed to take the class, he's going to use it as his study hall. Right. And the teacher is, like, again, so sassy, but he's also down for it. Like, you grudgingly win my respect by your crazy, zany schemes. And even though this plan makes no sense, and I drew a line in the sand last time, I'm intrigued enough to say, yes, you can sit silently and observe, but not participate in my class. Mm-hmm, totally. It's a very you-got-the-goods-kid scenario. Uh, when Dawson does not, in fact, have the goods. <laughs> and this guy just has better things to do with his life than be the, like, reluctant mentor of Dawson. I know. But apparently he doesn't. Apparently he's just a foil that exists just to, like, I don't know, gently guide Dawson, I guess. There's going to be a lot of those waiting in his future. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert yes. for all of them. So true. Yeah, this is just the beginning of many. Luckily for us, they do kind of get meaner as time goes on, which at least is fun to watch Dawson get crushed under someone's boot heel. But And I think occasionally they're like a semi-famous guest star, which is better than this random guy who I'm pretty sure last episode I thought was like three different characters because every time I saw a white man with dark hair, I was like, oh, it's the film teacher again. I know. He's got a very generic white guy in corduroy face. You know who's a little bit more interesting of a teacher? Who? Tamara. Oh, interesting segue. Yeah, well, you know, I love to check in with her and see how her relationship with Pacey is doing. <laughs> this whole scene was giving me very serious Buffy the Vampire Slayer season two, I Only Have Eyes for You. And if you'll remember in that episode, it ends with the male student shooting the female teacher. Yes. So, uh, you know, I guess we're all lucky Pacey isn't a killer, but he's <laughs> also like very creepy in this scene. Yeah, agreed. I mean... Yeah, he is really creepy. I think the creepiest thing he does is when they're sort of done talking, because he wants to talk to Tamara about what happened with the kiss. She rebuffs him and is like, I don't know. I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. Like, it was all a mistake, whatever. And it'll never happen again. And then he's like, gets angry about it. And she's just like, you need to go sit down. I'm your teacher. And before he walks away, he just whispers under his breath very huskily, you're being unfair. And then it's like, well, I think they were both ill-served by the direction to whisper, because she sounds, like, aroused, and he sounds like a murderer. Yeah. Like, he has full Batman voices. He's like, 
let's not talk about the open mouth kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's sa- breathly like, there's nothing to discuss. <laughs> yeah, and he says it like that, too. It's like, yeah, very husky and, like, creepy. And what they're talking about is husky and creepy, although husky, okay. What they're talking about is creepy by itself. They don't need to add, like, another layer of, like, oh, oh, you're being unfair to my dick. Absolutely. Well, what he says before you're being unfair was your tongue was in my mouth. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. I know. And it's like a weird come on, too. It's like, gross. You're at school. So the scene kind of ends with her being like, that was a mistake, blah, blah, blah. It's not going to happen again. So we know that that storyline's over. <laughs> we'll never see it or hear from it again. <laughs> so we're moving on to the lunch room yes. where Dawson is with Joey, Jen, and Pacey. And he's kind of going over how they can't really get help from the film class. They mention a lot of movies in this part. They mention Psycho. They mention Scream. And I thought that that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned Scream. I missed that. That's yeah, a Drew Barrymore and Scream. That's a fun little Kevin Williamson shout out to himself. Oh. So yeah, they're talking about how the friend, the film class won't be able to help Dawson because like he's not actually in the class. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you know, Joey, like no more lip about giving lip. Like you got to just do this kiss. We got to work, work, work. And uh, Joey has some reasonable objections. And Pacey says, I'm not engorged <laughs> with this either, which I rewatched like five times. I know. I feel like that is uh, something that I say a lot in my life. I'm, I don't know if I got it from Pacey, but I'm glad that we share that. I'm not engorged with this either. So uh, Dawson like kind of responds to this by being like, major revelation, psycho shout out, twist, Joey's gonna die. It's gonna be a ripoff of a ripoff. That's right. Joey's gonna die, and then Jen will, sta- will step in as her cousin who's looking for the body or whatever. Yeah, which again is exactly psycho. Yeah, and... That way, then the way I I feel that the way that he entices Joey to go with this, Dawson, that Dawson uh, entices Joey to go with this is that he's like, this will put Joey back behind the camera with me where she belongs. And Joey's like, like, I know the, the, like, it's supposed to be that she, like, obviously has a thing for Dawson, which I guess, whatever. But I also like the idea that she just, like, is, like, wet to make movies. Like, she's just like, I want the power. I want to be behind the camera where I belong. Yeah, I like that concept, too. I hope that that's real canon. We can follow through and see if there's any more uh, evidence that Joey really enjoys her filmmaking duties. We'll keep an, an eye on that. And any other creative endeavors that she might pursue. Of course, of course. We'll be monitoring that very closely. Uh, and, of course, Jen is kind of like, oh. Oh, I don't know if I want to be part of this. And Dawson is like, let me just beat down all objections and be like, no, it's right, it's right, it's right, right. It's gonna, you're yeah. gonna love it. <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have a prayer. And of course, Pacey's excited about it because he wants to make out with Jen Anyone. just because Jen's a warm person, a warm bodied woman, and Joey is his longtime friend, that friend of me. Sure, there's, like, a lot of potential emotions wrapped up in, like, a a kiss between Pacey and Joey. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Like, it might, you know, you just never know. You just never have an idea about, like, what that would be like. It's like maybe you have a friend and she, Zoe, says that the idea of kissing you is repugnant, but then maybe you think maybe it's because she really wants to kiss you and she thinks about it and kisses her pillow and says, Gabby, You're being unfair. Speaking of whispering about being unfair, we cut back to Miss Jacobs class where she's talking about <laughs> Terrible. One of your worst bits. One of your Emily Bronte's Wuthering Heights. <laughs> I love a fake English class in a movie where we get the screenwriter's version of what a high school English teacher would say about literature. I know. At first she's very on point because she's like 
saying that Emily Bront or that Wuthering Heights isn't a love story, which like I agree. Mm-hmm. But then she says, I like was shocked and shook by the left turn she takes because she says Heathcliff uh, was basically a good guy and that uh, what's the woman? Uh, Heathcliff. Catherine. Yeah. Yes, Catherine is a whimpering, mentally unstable wet rag. Rude. They're both mentally unstable wet rags. Mm-hmm. He is not a basically good guy. He nailed a puppy to a tree. Yikes. That happens in the book. Whoa. This. I mean, I know she's just over-identifying about Pacey, but yikes. Yeah, she's trying to project a message to Pacey about their, their run-in without actually saying what she wants to say, but... Something is wrong with Tamara. <laughs> like something I did. Like I knew that I always knew that she was a um, pedophile. Pedophile. Thank you. But like the show is alluding to the rest of Tamara's life. And it's a, it's a dreary picture that they're painting of like. A bleak affair. A bleak affair. Yeah. Mental illness. She's like I said last time she's new in town and she instantly falls into this you know, torrid affair with a, with a child. And and like, good Lord woman. (laughs) Just, I would never have to deal with the problem of like, will I, or won't I make out with this 15 year old? That's Mm. never been something that I've been like, I've got to wrestle with this. Right. Which is, which is why it's like, not, there's something happening to Tamara. Like there's something wrong with her. It's not a matter of like, oh, this person's 21 and I'm 30. Or like, you know, this person's of a legal sexual age and I'm slightly older. So that makes it weird. It's like, this is like a child. (laughs) This is, and a woman who considers that has, her whole life has come on board. Yes, exactly. She's And I honestly don't remember if we get more insight about what happened. We don't, I don't think we do. Um, I could, I don't, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to find out. But yeah, it's like, Everything I find out about Tamara is horrifying. (laughs) She is gorge, though. She's gorge, which is which is extra confusing. Like, what's what's up with your life, lady? Well, what's up with your life, lady, is a question that you asked. Another question that one could ask would be, can he do it? Which is what <laughs> Scott Foley, the actor from Felicity, is saying in this other class that we then cut to, the film class. He's describing the scene of the football movie he's going to make. He's describing the scene where the audience is like, can he do it? Can he win the big game even with a broken arm? And I'm guessing that he does. I believe that's the end of that story. I mean, I'm sure this is so this is the movie that the whole film class is like right. going to make and submit to the same film festival that Dawson is submitting to the big the big Boston teen film festival. Sure. <laughs> I do love the title of this fake movie. Helmets of Glory. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. good. So Dawson's sitting in the back of the class listening to them talk, like plan out this movie that apparently is already half made that they made over the summer. Good for them. I'm going to say it here and now. I think Cliff, the Scott Foley character, he's fine. He seems like a fine guy so far. He does seem like a fine guy. I don't remember what happens with him, but yeah, he's like decent. I mean, given Jen's luck, he's probably a rapist, but... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, of course, Dawson stomps out of this class just like disgusted that this callow sports film is going to be made and he's got to like unload to Joey Mm -hmm. uh, about how like you know he can't believe that this is what the class is working on and like life is so unfair could it get any worse bada bing bada boom obviously that means he sees Cliff then go up to Jen and make his move Mm -hmm. this is just when Joey says 
hey, they move fast in New York. You gotta, mm-hmm, you gotta mm-hmm. make your move before somebody else does, which is true. But how would Joey know? And Jen does seem legitimately like kind of cautious about Cliff because he is like like wearing a Letterman jacket and like has a look about him of being a popular asshole. But right. she seems like intrigued. She seems into it. He's being friendly. If she's fine to talk, then. Fine. Cliff is okay by me so far. Me too. Uh, Yeah, he's, like, really hands-off. Like, he's just really, like, if you want to hang out, if you want me to take you out, if you want me to introduce you to people. I mean, he's doing this because she's hot, but, like, you know. Yeah. Whatever. He's, like, being nice about it. Well, considering that there are, like, evil machinations around every corner of Dawson's Creek from people who aren't our core four, like, he is very unobjectionable. I agree. So from there, we go back to the Leary household. Dawson is holding the uh, skilled but terrifying facsimile of jo- of Joey's head in his hands while he asks the neck or his dad. Mitch. Mitch. I wanted to call him Biff. <laughs> uh, uh, I could see him as a Biff. He's right? got a real, like, Jack Hardscrew look about him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, Dawson's asking, "Where? hey, where's my camcorder while holding this decapitated head mask? And Mitch says, uh, it's in it's in our, it's in my bedroom. It's on your mother's side of the, like, nightstand. You might want to take the tape out. <laughs> That's like, I'm pretty behind their super horny relationship. That, for me, might be a bridge too far. It's too much. It's too much. Get your own camcorder. I would say the problem is that his parents have no boundaries, but then Dawson segues right into his, quote, girl slash relationship question, which is basically like, Dad, teach me how to kiss. (laughs) Yeah, it's real. It's a real, yeah, paint me a picture of how to mash my lips against a woman's. I believe he says, he says something about his mom and dad's perverse sex life, but then he legitimately asks, he wants to know about the mechanics of kissing. Mm -hmm. Like, he wants to eat. And in turn, from this horrifying question... Mitch decides to yield a horrifying answer, which is, go ahead and show me how you do it on this head, on the styrofoam head. Yes, I will say that's burned into my brain. One thing they say really quickly is first he um, explains the story of Dawson's mom and his first kiss, which just like ends up coming up later. It's very chapstick based. The whole thing is how they were on a boat and she like asked him for chapstick and she like slid it on and then he was like, I want some chapstick. So she like planted one on him. Yeah. His whole story is like her lips were so chapped <laughs> and like rough. But then the chapstick was like smooth and it slid on her lips and the sensation of the chapstick that she needed for her chapped lips was so amazing. <laughs> the most chapped lips. It was. Chapstick, I believe he sums it up by saying it's all about romance and chapstick. I believe he does too, which actually would be a good, it's not the alternative title for this episode I have planned, but that would work. That could be the subtitle maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the byline. Or if we're naming the scenes for the DVD venue, this would be the name of the scene. Oh, for sure. All about romance and chapstick. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. He also, for our eternal movie watch, uh, Mitch uh, quotes the movie to have and to have not, put your lips together, and the real line is blow, but maybe the censors thought that was too gross, so he says go. Yeah, I... Yeah. (laughs) That quote has always confused me anyway, so I I don't know. The quote is them someone saying, like, how do you whistle? And she's like, right. it's easy. Just put your lips together and blow. And so I guess the sexy part of that is just the thought of, like, lips being pushed together. Yeah, and I think it's just, like, a get-around-the-sensors way of talking about, like, sexy things when you yeah. put your lips together. Okay. Maybe they couldn't – maybe there's, like, a um, – whatchamacallit? 
uh, copyright infringement sure. thing. Or someone was writing and was just like, this is funnier if I change one word inexplicably. Mm-hmm. Then immediately after that, we have the 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 kissing scene. <laughs> I guess you could call it a kissing scene. Mitch is so head up for this. Like, Dawson drags his stupid little feet, and Mitch is like, come on, this is a big father-son moment. I was like, is it? Yeah. Does every father wait for the day he can instruct his son to make out with a decapitated head model? Yeah, it it's... It's gross. Yeah, he's well, he's giving him pointers by being and 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 egging him on, being like, just do it, moisten your lips. And he mentioned something about he does this thing with his pinky and he his like, bottom yeah, he lip. like smushes Dawson's lip, bottom lip. Uh huh. And he says, you have it's your you got to keep your bottom lip loose. You got to make it dance, oh. which is important because it comes up again later. But yeah, it's a really weird exchange. Um. I could be wrong. I think Mitch might be holding the head this whole time, which, again, is, like, a whole other, like, extension of body Freudian thing. (laughs) Right. You kiss this damn head. (laughs) And it is made infinitely creepier because Joey is watching from the stairwell unbeknownst to either of these people. (laughs) And getting sopping wet about it. So wet. Yeah, she's, like, chewing on her lips and just, like, really ready to Eyes at (laughs) half-mast. Just watching Dawson kiss the horrible fake head that's her head. (laughs) At the end of it, Dawson is like, I wish I could for... Or Dawson's like, let's forget this ever happened. And my note is, I wish I could forget this ever happened. (laughs) I can never unsee it. I feel bad for, um, why can't I never remember Dawson, the actor? The actor of Dawson James Vanderbeek. Yes, James Vanderbeek as a young man, just trusting the director when the director was like, so you just like lean into it and you're convinced and you make out with this head and we'll <laughs> film it and put it on television. Yeah, what's your problem? <laughs> That's a rough moment. Yeah. How old I... was he? Was Tamara directing this episode? <laughs> why was this allowed to happen? Oh, breaking the third, fourth, fifth wall. Tamara directs the dance episode of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> so who knows how this might have escalated if Joey didn't get distracted by a sound coming from a closet. <laughs> and she goes over and Gail, Dawson's mother, is in there. And, and as we remember from last episode, it's revealed she's having an affair with her co-anchor, uh, which only Joey knows so far. And she's on there, I guess, talking to her paramour. But the biggest thing we get is, like, smoochy phone kisses for coming from her, which I don't really think of as being, like, what steamy extramarital affairs are made of. Right. That's what you do to your, like, maiden aunt when you're like, okay, see you at Christmas. Yeah, yeah, right. I I gotta say, I mean, I've never had an affair, but I don't really understand the way that Gail's doing it. I kind of feel like what she's doing is having an additional relationship, which... I mean, maybe that's, like, maybe she's, like, secretly poly and desperately, like, wants to have an additional relationship. But I feel like your affair should be, like, a little torrid, you know? Like. Yeah, that's true. It's, like, very. She's, like, love you, honey. Like, to her paramour. Yeah. See you later. Love you. And then she goes downstairs and she's, like, I'll try and be home early. Like, girl. (laughs) It's so true. She's not getting that deep, dark dirtiness she wants out of it, I don't think. Right? And I mean, I know texts don't really exist too much yet, so, like, that makes it harder, but, like, damn. This doesn't look fun to me. Maybe it's, like, also because I'm assuming if they were coworkers first, maybe they're friends, so Mm. that's kind of, like, why it's in that realm, but... I see. That's a good point. I don't necessarily think that's how relationships work. Right. I think, if anything, your friendship would be way strained and you would be less lovey-dovey because you'd be like, I can't believe we're doing this. Like, I know your family. Right. Although maybe they're like, well... 
Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, just the thought that I had. This interaction between Gail and Joey, I love so much of it because I just love, well, we'll go into it, but. Gail is so scared when she comes out and Joey is standing there. Horrified. I love that Joey is sort of like the the ghost of Gail's shame. (laughs) She's just around every corner, like in the shadows, ready to be like, I see what you're doing. It's so murdery because, yeah, she's always, like, behind her when she doesn't expect it or, like, outside the closet when Gail mm-hmm. has to, like, climb out with the cord <laughs> phone that she was using. Like, basically a rotary phone she was in there. Right. Uh, smooching on. And Joey's just, like, silently so tall and thin standing behind her like, hey, what's up? <laughs> the end of this scene is her saying, Mrs. Leary, I know. <laughs> yeah. And poor, poor uh, Gail is trying to cover and be like, what you guys kids doing? Uh, ha ha ha. Like, have, have, wear sunscreen. Everyone <laughs> has the right to wear sunscreen. Mm-hmm. And just like babbling and trying to pretend that nothing ever happened. Everyone has the right to wear sunscreen. <laughs> so that happens. And then we cut to back to filming the, the movie, Dawson's movie. Joey is walking on the dock when she gets attacked. Attacked by the monster and then horribly dies. It's a classic run and stumble. I was delighted with the cross-marketing potential. <laughs> what That would be such a good name for, say, a podcast, for example. Maybe I'm too easily impressed, but I was actually pretty... Uh, like blown away by the the way they worked the scene together, imaginary them as like teenagers. I thought that worked pretty well. I they agree. Had, like, <laughs> <laughs> what did it have? Tell us what it had. Well, so the Pacey jumps out in his monster costume. Joey does get a couple good whacks at him with like a a row a, a row. Nope. Uh, what do you use to row? <laughs> An oar. An oar and a good like a really meaty sounding punch, and then uh-huh. she turns to run. And as I said, she does the classic run and stumble with like a really weird grunty little whimper, like ah, she goes down. <laughs> yeah, I mean she's not a classically trained actress. Sure. Well, maybe we can play that whimper, and our audience can decide. I'll yeah. I'll just source that clip. <laughs> People okay, can decide great. what that what that whimper was all about. Okay, great. and she, it's sort of like she's wearing like a weird like cravat, and then she like <laughs> runs behind a boat, and then like a version of her model head that Dawson made on top of I think like a broom with a stuffed shirt pokes its head up from behind the boat, and the Pacey monster knocks the head off, and a fake blood squirts out. Mm-hmm. But it's like fairly seamless for a freshman student production shot on like sex tape camcorder. Yeah, well, and the uh, the something about the rolling of the head, like the way it, I don't know, it just looks uh, substantial, I guess. So then, yeah, the head gets cut off, and Joey, the person, is covered in fake blood be- due to her untimely demise. I love the image of her like peeking out from behind the the mannequin of herself, like sort of blood streaked everywhere. She's like, "Hey, we did it!" <laughs> yeah, she's real cute. And then. She sort of leaves. They they end the cut or they they whatever. They end the scene and Joey leaves to go into a an enclosed porch of sorts. Jen notices that she's walking away and follows her like a makes a beeline for that porch. Like definitely like a bee to honey. <laughs> like is pursuing this bitch. And then as soon as they're alone together, Jen's like, "Oh, let me help you get that blood off." Let me just hop right in and help you wash this blood off your body. Which rapidly, like Joey's afraid at first, but she warms up to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jen like gently sponge bathes her body, essentially. It was hard for me not to write down every line from the scene. It is a sapphic potpourri. Like, like 
like, were they setting us up for something here? This is the gayest shit I've ever seen. And she even, it's not like, it's not like I'm misreading the tone because at one point Jen even says, I'm completely heterosexual. Like she, like she mentions it. Right. She's like, don't get the wrong idea, even though I'm complimenting your boobs and body. Right. So we're not supposed to think that this is like, oh, this is what girls do. Oh, by the way, Jen, uh, so like Jen's cleaning off Joey and then she starts to undress or like, yeah, starts to undress. Jen wraps a towel around her to like shield her from the outside. The boys. <laughs> the boys. And then she tells Joey that she has nice breasts and a good body. And that is when she says, oh, by the way, I'm heterosexual. I'm just like, this is just girl talk. <laughs> I'm like, Joey has been so mean. But in this moment, she has the most like charmed, shy little smile. Like she is soaking this up. Like it's real. It's really happening. <laughs> My only thought since, like, spoiler alert, that doesn't become explicit lesbian <laughs> dabbling in this in this Tragically. Series. Uh, tragically, yeah. So, like, my only idea is that they were like, it's the 90s. Like, it's all, it's all on the table. Like, women look at each other's bodies and give them compliments, and they know about lesbians. They aren't lesbians because they have long hair, but they, like, <laughs> right. you know, they acknowledge They're pretty, it. so... Everyone, like, knows what's up. So she's got to be like, oh, lesbians exist. But also, like, hetero women just love to casually and sensually <laughs> evaluate each other's bodies. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I also do think there's a bit of, like, young, sexy teen show. Like, we'll put the two hot young women in a room together and have them talk about each other's boobs. <laughs> like, word. True. But it does, it does then turn into, like, you know, all women, like, are hard about hard on themselves about their bodies. It's kind of Jen, like, telling Joey totally. that and kind of helping her out in, like, a more maternal way. Yeah, and it, there's definitely a message, but I don't think – I do think that having these two, like – one of them's like, Joey's in her, like, a bikini top, scantily clad young ladies. Yeah. Young ladies. <laughs> the way I'm talking about them is so old. I mean, I'm sure there was also, yeah, just something about, like, just throwing the idea of lesbianism into Mm -hmm. the mix is, like, so titillating, even if it's to say no homo. Like, if this show was made today, uh, one or both, probably just one of them, probably Jen, would be bisexual. Yeah, and she would only have one short-lived relationship with someone who would end up being crazy, and then they would never talk about it again. Absolutely. But they would have gone there, and maybe this is, like, the show trying to set the tone for that. Not set the tone, like, dip their toe into the water of... Do you think if it was today, Jen and Joey would, like, um, bump nipples? <laughs> For example, off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. <laughs> yeah, I for sure do think that, yeah. Okay, great, because that's what happens in my fanfic. So. Okay, great. You should, can you send me the, the Google Doc? Thanks. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, it's actually hosted on Zanga, but I'll, I'll shoot you a link. <laughs> Fuck you, Zanga. <laughs> I also do like, so Joey does like kind of, she likes this, you know, praise that she gets from Jen and they do have a sweet moment and Jen's sort of like talking about the things she doesn't like about her own body. And Joey is like shocked that Jen could find anything to beat herself up about because I guess she just notices that Jen's like a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no big deal. Casual. And she sort of lists a lot of things. But one of the things Jen lists is that she like, her face looks like a duck. And <laughs> Joey at the end is like, I think she sort of sums up all those things by saying, you don't look like a duck and just gives like the sweetest little smile and then Jen gives this very, like, rom-com line of, like, I plan to make it really hard for you not to like me. Yeah. That's not the only thing that's really hard, Jennifer. Clitoris. <laughs> for example. These nips we're going to press together. <laughs> Could cut glass with those bad boys. <laughs> and I have. Oh, anyway. So after after the apex of that orgasm. <laughs> we're back, we're, then we enter into a less exciting romantic interaction. Uh, Dawson is filming. Dawson and Joey are now behind the camera. 
filming Pacey and Jen's scene. Jen seemed also like being behind the camera, so maybe they could run off and be lesbian filmmakers together. Ugh, your lips, God's ears. And Pacey goes in for the kiss, and it's like starts off as like a movie kiss, but then he like it's confusing. He like traps Jen, and I think is like slipping her the tongue, and she's struggling and laughing, but like a lot of people laugh when they're nervous and they don't mm-hmm. know how to react to being sexually assaulted. So I was very disappointed by Pacey's move here. Yeah, I don't love it. I'll tell you that. And then after Dawson stops him, not out of concern for Jen, but more just, like, angry that he's kissing Jen. I I definitely agree that's the true motivation. I did feel at first, like, holy shit, am I on Dawson's side? Because he says to Jen, like, are you okay? Yeah, he does ask if she's okay. He does ask if she's okay. And Jen is still, like, really, like, giggling, but clearly shaken. And is sort of like, no, it's okay. It's fine. But is it fine, America? Mm Mm-mm. Even our heroes. I mean, when when we as a society are teaching young men so terribly that even the flower of youth, <laughs> Pacey Witter, is behaving like this, we know society has a problem. When the best of us are educated to act like this, God help the worst of us. Uh, amen, sister. Something has to be done. Something's got to give. Starring, <laughs> sorry, fuck, what's his name? That old angry looking man. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. The old angry looking man. And is that something's got to give or is that as good as it gets? Is he in something's got to give? I think that I was thinking of as good as it gets, but I think he's also in something's got to give. I think ah. that's like him and um, Fudge, the woman who's in all those Woody Allen movies. Diane Keaton. Sawyer Keaton. I think it's them. Okay. I think it's like an old person romance. Oh, got it. So we kind of just segue away from that without digesting it further. Like, obviously, in the show's <laughs> mind, it's just horseplay and hijinks. Oh, yeah. And- the only point is that Dawson's jealous. Well, D- Joey even says, as to, to sort of put a bow on the whole experience, Joey's like, "It's just a kiss, Dawson." Uh, yeah, but it's a, but it's a, it's also sexual assault, Josephine. Way to be a collaborator with the forces of oppression. Oppression. I mean, that's the one thing I'll say about Joey. Just kidding. I'll say a ton of shit about Joey. But <laughs> one thing I'll say about Joey is that, like. In her efforts to be seen as different from all the other girls, yeah, big eye roll, yeah, 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 she tends to abandon her sisters, metaphorically. I see her as a very troubling prototype in many ways of the quote-unquote different from other girls. Exactly. uh, Self-perpetuated sexism issue. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, so from there, uh, we segue into Dawson trying to ask Jen out or Jen in rather. There's yeah, the big dance is tonight. He's a freak. The big dance is is tonight and Dawson's not going because dances are for losers. So instead he's rented Saturday Night Fever and Stan Alive and Grease. Stan wait. Stan Alive is the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Thank you. And he's gonna watch those instead of going to the dance. I'm not against those movies, but what a weird combo to watch instead of going to a school dance. Right. Well, he says the theme, the, the through line is Travolta, so it's like his yes. date is Travolta, basically. So that's you could read a lot more into that, given the rumors I've heard about what Travolta's up to. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dawson also uses the expression "we can dance without moving our feet." Yeah. You know who else <laughs> does that? The dead. You creep. <laughs> uh, which doesn't sound like fun to me. Like, that's not enticing. Nope. And it isn't for Jen either because she declines his offer and he asks her why and she says, well, I'm going to the dance. 
Yeah, no shit. Like, she was hinting at that so hard before he was like, wait, are you going to the dance? I know. And then he's, like, totally disturbed by it and asks, oh, are you going alone? Of course she's not going alone. Look at her. She, of course, has a date, and it's Cliff, the football star. And guess what? Cliff wants to introduce her to other people and not keep her isolated in his room without moving their feet. That's right, you fucking creep. Come to my house and just watch a bunch of John Travolta movies. It'll be the same as having a, an experience as a youth. Will <laughs> and it? Poor Joey then has to get the full like work down of this from Dawson, where he's uh, like you know going on and on to her about like why would Jen pick this guy over me? Joey, eternally horny, has the line: "We could start with his chest measurement and move <laughs> and work down." Thank you, yeah. Joey. <laughs> Joey is so fucking horny. <laughs> she needs to get laid so bad. I do love her also as an audience surrogate of how little I care. Like, she just sort of lets this whole monologue wash over her and then jumps out of the bed and is just like, you're so dramatic. And then it's just like, are we still talking about this? This is a particularly bad meltdown from Dawson from what we've seen so far. Like, he's very shrill and cloying and, like, describing what's probably happening to Jen at the dance where he's like, and his arms are probably around her and they're making out to some Jeezy song and, like, blah, 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 and... And I think from that, we're supposed to glean that, like, oh, he he sees life as a movie and it's, like, whatever, intriguing or sweet in some way. But it's really, it's just, uh, like, crazy. It's <laughs> like, freaking nuts. And he's yeah. just doing it to be, like, and he's he's not only doing it to be, like, let me wallow in all the details of what sex stuff I think the, the, they're doing. He has to, like, shit all over it and be, like, some cheesy song. Like, this Nimrod is, like, slipping her the tongue. Yeah, you're right. This is, like, peak terribleness. Another thing he says is that he hates the way she was so honest and upfront with him. Mm-hmm. Like, And, I mean, Joey does, like, you know, give a sarcastic response to that. But he's honestly, like, that's one of his complaints is that she, like, upfront said, I'm going with someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very creepy. And then it ends with Dawson deciding that he's going to go to the dance and he's going to force Joey to come with her. Um, with him. <laughs> Joey to come with him to the dance. <laughs> One of the ways he expresses it is he says, I can do it. I can make my bottom lip dance. And ding, ding, ding. That's our alternative title for this episode. <laughs> I can make my lip dance. I can I can do it. I can make my bottom lip dance. Love it. Uh, and uh, coming in second is, I'm an artist. Torture is a prerequisite, oh, which is something else that he says. And then third, and then the byline has to be um, what the thing we said about Mitch that I've already forgotten. I don't remember it either, but uh, gentle listeners, you can rewind and you'll know everything. <laughs> um, I do love the way that when Dawson is, like, getting ready to go, he tells Joey, like, I need two seconds to check my hair. But the way he expresses that is a very, like, flamboyant, like, V sign that he, like, <laughs> like very, like, Spice Girls, like, at the end of his fully extended arm, he's, like... Two seconds, and I know that our <laughs> listeners can't see this, but it is quite a full body gesture, which I did enjoy. I think I just like invoking to point out the... things when I enjoy things from Dawson because it's so rare. I think invoking the Spice Girls, like that's a good mental. I think people will know. Sure. Okay. Good. Uh, and then the the scene that follows that is I actually thought that this happened earlier, but it's uh, this is when Joey really becomes a full ghost to Gail. <laughs> Yep. Um, haunting her where, where wheresoever she may step. Mm-hmm. So first she's just watching the two, like, uh, Gail and Mitch sort of talking about, as you said earlier, like, Gail's like, oh, I might be home a little late, but I'll bring you a doggy bag full of betrayal. <laughs> doggy bag of betrayal. Yeah. And they're, like, making out and whatever. And then Gail turns to leave and Joey from the shadows is like, hey, so you're going somewhere? <laughs> 
hey, what's up? I see you're wearing. Have a good night, Mrs. Leary. <laughs> she is even more turgid with rage in this scene than we've seen her before. She sure is. And we get a little bit more of her backstory with her family in this moment where she's like, my mom had cancer and she died. Okay, so she tells the story of her life. Her mom, Joey's mom, had cancer and she died. And then before that, when she, before the cancer, her dad wasn't great and he was having affairs. And then I, the point of Joey's story, of Joey's tale is like, you know, you never know. He messed, her dad messed stuff up really bad. And now his, and now her mom's not around to like make it right for him to make it right or for anyone to make it right which was confusing because it almost seemed like she was saying his cheating gave her cancer because she says my mom got cancer and died so you do the math and i was like i can't do the math are you i'm confused are you saying that it was like cheating generated melanoma i'm confused (laughs) exactly yeah i yeah the the unspoken point to that story is uh cheating gives people cancer so you have no idea I mean, she does say, like, you have no idea what you're putting, like, what the repercussions will be, and there's more to this than just you, and, like, what you're doing will hurt other people in your life, which is all true. But, yes, her essential thesis is affairs give you cancer. (laughs) Well, again, I think the later part is, like, what she's actually supposed to be saying contextually, but the writers just muddied the water because they love having her talk about her mom's cancer to the point that they just made it very confusing. Yeah, and in the theme of, like, everything Joey says, it's almost... Indecipherable. Full gobbledygook, yeah. (laughs) Just nothing. So And kind of the scene ends with Gail kind of I think Gail's been trying to deny it, but she kind of has given up on that and she just says, Does Dawson know? And Dawson, I guess, has just come down the stairs and and they didn't realize it and he gets like, you know, did do I know what? And it is nice, Joey does her a solid and is like, oh, she was asking if you know how to dance. I told her we're going to the dance tonight. Right. Uh, So I I mean, I hate Joey for a lot of things, but I did like in that moment that she was I have a, a cancer cheating obsession that causes me to react very violently to your cheating, but I, I, that's a good moment for Joey. I agree. And, like, I get what she's trying to accomplish here by being a creepy little yeah. affair ghost and trying to, like, put Gail on the straight and narrow before anyone finds out, you know. And I think she also sees herself as, like, Dawson's more, like, Dawson's more world-weary protector like she's been through shit dawson is so innocent so she's kind of like trying to preserve his fairy tale world totally so totally tragically when when dawson come down this is the this out the outfit of his i've liked the most and it's a blue shirt with like a pleather fringe vest or just a vest (laughs) just it's just a it's a big green vest yep (laughs) yeah uh, it looks like something that would be made by Carhartt, if you know what that brand is. I don't, um, but I'm laughing anyway. <laughs> it's like a lot of outdoorsy clothes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I feel like this is probably, we can, we have the 90s to blame for this outfit. But to some extent, I do think it's just Dawson. It's like a big dink, like a big, big old dweeb. I will say that's something the 90s gave us is that they still had unrealistically, like, beautiful, made-up, older-looking high school students, but at least their fashion was ugly, bonkers, thrown together, like, by design, but that does match what high school students look like. Totally. Yeah, I also appreciate it, and I don't think that we'll ever see that again. Like, I feel like the 90s were the time for TV to be this way, because A, that was the style, was, like, ridiculous baggy dad jeans and, like, whatever, I mean, maybe. Maybe it'll come back around. I just feel like... I feel like these days when the 90s 
like cyclically when those 90s styles come back. Now they're so like stylized and heightened. Like you don't get that yeah. actual grungy, dirty, like, you know, I think Joey has her hair thrown back in like a random like mom ponytail holder. Mm-hmm. Like I just mm-hmm. don't think we're going to get her jeans look like she has a fupa. Like I don't think we're going to get back to that level of realism. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I think we're too sexualized now or something like it just won't come back around to shapeless bags i mean i could be wrong maybe it will yeah um but yeah the silhouettes of the 90s are just garbage and i love them more than anything um yeah everything is flawless (laughs) so after this like upswing where she covered for gail joey does end on a have fun tonight, Mrs. Leary, with, like, a death stare <laughs> yeah. as they exit. the. So she's definitely coming back around to being the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Yeah, yeah. And then she fades into the into the door. She doesn't walk through the door. She just, like, <laughs> like her ectoplasm just, like, drifts through the wood. Right. The way they filmed is they got her on a skateboard, and they just pull her gently out backwards, <laughs> so she eerily floats out of the scene. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine, and we're all expecting that. Sure. And then we go right into The Big Dance. I Want You by Savage Garden is playing. Of course. What else would be playing, Gabby? What else would be playing? Every person attending this dance is 39 years old. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Every extra here is like given up on their fertility. (laughs) Yeah. The pants are very large. There's a lot of platform shoes, which I'm not complaining about. Um, I mean, Jen still manages to look absolutely flawless somehow. Do you want to um, go over her outfit? Because I have notes on this later and it's stunning. Yeah. Do you, you lead the way? It's a black short skirt, but it's not. It like looks very boxy. It's like a weird shape. It's like too short on her hips. A black mesh cardigan over a white camisole <laughs> and then heavily curled hair with like a jeweled head cl- uh, clip in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably chunky black shoes of some kind. I didn't really clock those. Yeah, I didn't get the shoes either, but almost certainly a black platform of some kind. Yeah, uh, and she looks incredible. I will say, I mean the the shape of her body. She doesn't have many hips. She's like a she's a skinny apple. So you know, not a lot of hips, not a lot of butt on this gal. Yeah, and maybe that's the problem with the skirt. It just looks very square. Like it looks like a, yeah. a Lego. Yeah, I think that that is because it's super short and super tight. So I think that's just like accentuating the squareness of her body. God bless her. Uh, if it was a little bit longer, I don't know, maybe it would be better. I have no idea. <laughs> if but, it was any longer, though, she probably couldn't walk as if she'd just ridden a horse for two days. So that maybe is that's why they couldn't <laughs> give her a longer one. So that's a problem. You got to look out for that. And clearly she and Joey are meant to be together because when Joey walks into this this dance, I just like, I won't like, what, thank you for slouching your way in here, you loser. Like, she's just like <laughs> so, I don't I don't even know how to describe it. Like, like hunched over, leading with her mom jeans and it's perfect and I love it. Yeah, she's for sure wearing jeans and like a top that I'm pretty sure you had and I'm pretty sure if it was from Limited too. Absolutely. The like <laughs> fake hippie collection. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and also her her hair is pulled into like a really low ponytail and there is and there's like a blue scrunchie on it, but that's not the mom's scrunchie. Of, not the kind of like you know if you buy a scrunchie it's like the fabric and it's like I don't know, soft. This is more like a really plush ponytail holder. Yep, or you can see the metal clip on it. Like no one in the costume department has even like turned that so it's not <laughs> facing the camera. No, why bother? And it's tied around her hair fifty bazillion times. <laughs> This is not important. It's just, but it is. It is important. <laughs> Every detail is important. 
It's of this scene. absolutely crucial. <laughs> uh, uh, and PC, of course, is there, and so is Tamara, because she's chaperoning. And he decides that it went so well last time he tried to talk about this, he's going to swoon his way up and try and make his move again. Yeah, give it another shot. Why not? He is slightly less murderous, which I appreciate. He just <laughs> says, like, he says he's, like, going through a lot, which he's a victim of uh, child sexual abuse, so it makes sense. So it makes uh, sense. He's, like, I'm a, uh, he says I'm a thesaurus of emotions. <laughs> I did feel weird because, like, it is, like, the music, it's a good song, and, like, t- Tamara, Tamara? I, I don't know. I think different characters on the show say it different. Okay, good. So we're right no matter what we say. Yeah. Tamara is sort of like, they're not, she won't turn around to look at him. So she's kind of glancing over her shoulder for a lot of these lines. So it's like, if it wasn't a crime, it would be ha-cha-cha, but mm-hmm. it's terrifying. However, it's a crime. <laughs> and it's like beautiful Pacey being like, if circumstances were different, like, would you want to dance with me? I know. <laughs> I'll dance with you. Um, quick note, Pacey says... Would you like to dance tomorrow? But the subtitles of the show thought that he what he said was, Would you like to dance tomorrow? <laughs> Which I really thought was funny for some reason. Would you like to he's setting it up? Like, would you like to dance tomorrow? I have a spot. I can fit you in. I don't know. I would pay you tomorrow for a hamburger, <laughs> hamburger today. today. <laughs> exactly. Also, like, what does he think she's gonna say? Yes, in front of God and everyone, let's dance. I know. Everyone's motivations in this relationship are questionable to me. Sure. But some of them are real adults and some of them are literal babies. Yeah. And so guess who's in charge? I tell you, it's not the literal babies. Um, So some more literal babies just came in, a.k.a. Joey and Dawson, and they see Jen and Cliff dancing. We saw them sort of flirting earlier. It seems like Jen and Cliff are having a good time. I think he tried to use like a dumb line on her. And she kind of says like, that could have been dumb, but you somehow pull it off with your charmingness. And he, I don't know, they're having a fairly good interaction. Yeah, he's being nice. And he said that he's bad at dancing, but he'll do it anyway. And he is correct. He is dancing like a retiree. Yeah. They're sort of just like holding hands and like jumping a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of doing like a like a stiff elbowed uh, swing where he's sort of just like uh, <laughs> twisting his torso with his arms remaining akimbo. <laughs> yeah. You know, sexy. And I think they told uh, Michelle Williams to dance sexy, but she's a child, so she doesn't obviously know how. It reminds me of, like, like Sarah Michelle Gellar would dance, and they talked about how she, like, was such a committed actress that she really didn't have, like, high school experience of sexy dancing. So when those scenes would come up on Buffy, she would, like, run around to the cast and be like, how do sexy youths dance? I don't know. And they'd have to, like, show her some moves. And that's kind of the impression I get with Michelle Williams is she's, like, giving it her all, and she looks very cute, but it's not, like refined teen dancing the way we'd see on tv now she just is like trying to be she she would in a real high school dance she'd be doing a great job of dancing on tv she looks very silly Mm -hmm. yeah that is so that's what a what a fun fact i never knew that about buffy that's adorable i believe i got that from reading like one of those very intense like watches guides season two (laughs) cover to cover casually to children Of the internet. That was not online. That was a paper book that I ordered (laughs) and read. Again, cover to cover. Cover to cover in her bed with a flashlight. Duh. And so... Joey... Oh, go ahead. No, no. So Joey seems to think this is pretty sexy dancing because she says uh, in some cultures they would call what they're doing foreplay. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Joey, even for you, goody Joey, this is not... This is not anything. (laughs) 
I know. Yeah. Joey's sort of trying to egg Dawson on into, I don't know, getting angry or something or being jealous. And yeah. Well, it's like she's like daring him to fuck Jen. And it's like, Joey, there is so much complicated stuff going on in that head of yours. <laughs> I know, girl. Like, you can get in the game if you want. You just have to want, you know? You don't have to send Dawson in as your avatar to slip his tongue to Jen. Right. Like, I mean, I know it's only 98, but like, it's still 98. Like, you can make it work. Lesbians have been invented. Yeah. So Jen at one point leaves to get a little drink from the water fountain and Dawson follows her out like a creep and confronts her basically. Like not really. It's sort of, he's sort of saying it like lightly, but it's, you know, you can tell that he's pissed where he's like, how's your date with Cliff going? The date that you're on with Cliff, like your cool date with your cool friend Cliff. It was so, like, this is so clearly the guy who believes in the friend zone that it was Yes, was so right. Me. That's, yes, that's exactly who Dawson is. He's like the number one friend zone guy, which is funny because he's friend zoning Joey if friend zone were a thing. Sure, exactly. <laughs> I love that he tries to follow Jen into the bathroom to c- continue this conversation and the women in there just cast him out. Like, it's yeah. so perfect. I don't know. And then we cut back to him sitting at the table with Joey being like, I'm miserable. Everything sucks. Like, bleh. And I will say earlier, Dawson forced Joey to dance with him to, like, scoot his way up to Cliff and Jen. And Cl- Jen was so, like, she's so genuine. Like, she wasn't mm-hmm. jealous at all. She was just, like, she was genuinely glad that they were both there. She doesn't deserve this. She is such a sweetie pie. I mean, throw it on the the, the pile of things that Jen does not or will never deserve. Sure. Like, at this point in the show, it's only episode two, so you can just sort of put it, you can put Jen Lindley Punishment Watch off as like, well, she's the new girl, so people are interested in her, and she doesn't really know her, like, what her deal is with herself yet, so like, people, Dawson and Cliff and whatever, Joey's really aggressive, like, people are responding to her as a new character in their lives, but this is how things will be for the rest of Jen's time here on the show. Yep. <laughs> like, forever now. I mean, I'm sorry, I... I know we're not supposed to extrapolate for the for the rest of the show. I'm not giving anything away. I'm just saying that, I mean, there's a Jen Lindley punishment watch for a reason. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can probably, from the existence of that segment, you can probably guess what's coming down the old pipe. Right. And we don't have to specifically say anything, but, like, it's not great. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, the two guys who are fighting over her, again, earlier, Cliff said, you into movies? And Dawson said, I dab. Yeah. So, again, those are the choices that poor Jen Lindley Thank you. Zoe did, in fact, dab. <laughs> Dabbing had not yet been invented. He's saying dab for, for dabble, but... It's still pretty funny. <laughs> but dab. I cannot see da- think of dab without thinking of a um, poster that was in my school in the Philippines that was a picture, like a cartoon of someone dabbing, and underneath it said, D-A-B, destroy all bacteria, and it was a thing for, like, <laughs> coughing into your elbow rather than coughing into people's faces. <laughs> Fuck! You didn't steal that for me? Well, tell Chelsea to print one out for the old classroom. <sighs> oh, my God. I should. That's actually a really good idea. I'm, I'm sure they got it, it online. I, I I think it was just, like, printed in the computer lab. Right, right, right. I'm not looking for that. Do, <laughs> do carry on with the podcast. Anyway, well, Zoe definitely does not look for that. Um, uh, Joey continues to be the voice of reason. So, again, when Dawson's whinging at this table after he tried to go into the girl's bathroom, uh, Joey's like, you hardly even know this girl. And Dawson's like, blah, 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 cosmic connection. He creepily says, like, it's like my connection with you, Joey. Like, she could be you, except she's Jen. This is so rude of him. I would never say that to a friend. Right? What? First of all, what a weird thing to say. It's like, I want to, I, I really like this girl. I want to stick my tongue in her mouth because she's just like you. Like, okay, <laughs> what a weird, I'm I know, right here. I know. 
Like, what a strange thing to say to begin with. So he just confronted Jen, quote unquote, confronted her about being on a date with someone that's not him. And now he's sitting at a table uh, sulking with Joey while he watches Jen and Cliff dance and is just like a big pissy baby. Right. And this is when um, Joey kind of like lays down the law and is like, look, this seems to be some sort of weird metaphor about you being the monster from your own movie. And guess what? The monster in the movie doesn't get the girl. The monster dies at the end. And Joey's like, rest in peace, Dawson. (laughs) And he's like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm already dead. Yeah, and then disappears into the wall like the ghost that she is. Oh my god, you're right. Full circle, full ghost. Joey Potter? Hmm, she's been dead for years. (laughs) Some say she still haunts these grounds. You didn't know she was full ghost? And so then bolstered by Joey's uh, inspiring words... Dawson marches right over and picks a fight with Cliff. By muttering to himself, it's time for a rewrite. <laughs> yeah. Just so fucking Dawson. It makes me want to vomit into my own hair. I believe the line he uses is, I can take it from here to Cliff. Like, not even like, Jen, can I talk to you? Or like, Jen, would you want to dance with me later? Nope. Nope. And she even, before this happens, she's da- Jen is even looking for Dawson. She's like, oh, I hoped we could, I wanted to dance with you. Like, she's giving him an in to be, like, cool about it and be and be like, give her give him a second chance to be an adult and, and now take her up on this dance and still maybe make an impression. And he's like, no! <laughs> Absolutely not! No! And then he goes over and he's like, she's mine! <laughs> like, it's, it's so fucked. Um, so obviously they get in a fight. And he keeps trying to explain to Cliff, like, it's a little bit raw, it's a little bit new, but me and Jen have something going on. And Jen is just, like, staring at both of them, like, uh... Yeah. No? Yeah. Like, total autonomy taken away from her. So what does Jen do? She marches out of there. Yeah. Good for you, girl. Because each of them is, like, Cliff is, like, Dawson, you should leave. And Dawson's, like, Cliff, you should leave. And Jen is, like, I'm going to make it easy for both of you, and I'm going to leave. Yeah, because she's a true feminist icon. That is an amazing moment, but again, in that interaction, I would be like, Cliff, I want to stay with you because you're not being an, a maniac, and Dawson is, so... Yeah, and that would have been a decent... a de- That would have been a fine move to sure. make, because Cliff's done nothing but be nice to her this whole yeah. evening, and, like, attentive. And he's getting, like, a little aggressive with Dawson, but who wouldn't? He's being a maniac. Dawson absolutely started it, yeah, in front of everybody. People are watching them have this fight, and... Very rude. So Jen storms out and we fade to commercial. And then when we come back from commercial, uh, we've got our we've got our our hero shot, which is Pacey, Dawson and Joey walking through the the abandoned streets of Kate side because it's nighttime. Yep. And they're just all just bummed out, man, from their like shitty love lives. And they're all just wearing their khaki tones. <laughs> Pacey's got a sweet button up that I did actually legitimately like. It's sort of a white and black patterned short sleeve button up. That's the thing about Pacey's looks in this show. They are supposed to be tacky, and they are, but because they're so genuine and, like, at least they're fun, I'm, like, totally willing mm-hmm. to forgive them. Absolutely. Like, I, I'm on board. He leaves Dawson in the dust. Yeah, Dawson's got his vest unbuttoned, so you know that things have gone awry. <laughs> As he puts it, I'm a simp, which I could not agree with more. Yeah, amen, brother. <laughs> And I guess I had, like, forgotten that Joey and Dawson don't actually know what's going on with Tamara, Tamara. Yeah. And he's sort of, and I think Dawson says, like, who's this mystery woman? And Pacey says, the mystery woman remains a mystery even to me. 
mm-hmm. which I feel like chasing a mysterious beloved woman that he can't, he wants to worship and doesn't feel he deserves and doesn't understand <laughs> might become a theme in Dawson's life, Pacey's life. I love this fucking character so much. And it's a shame that he's getting um, sexually abused as a child, but sure. you know. And that he's act- then acting out sexual abuse on others. Yeah. I also don't know, like, this is probably, like, a gender thing, and also I didn't date anyone in high school, but, like, that seems very lonely to me, that he's, like, having this experience with a woman, with a girl, that he, like, doesn't share with them right away, or for a while, I think. Right, well, that's the thing about being boxed in by a sexual predator, (laughs) is that they don't (laughs) let you talk about it with your friends, because they know you call the police. So true. So so the moral of the story is, kids, tell your friends everything because and listen to their opinions because they'll let you know if you're being purposefully isolated by a predator. Sure. And, you know, maybe you can't tell your parents if your parents are also terrible people, but, like, tell an adult you trust. Yeah. Or a friend or something. A pastor, a rabbi. <laughs> pastor, find your pastor and tell him about the teacher that you're making out with. For the love of God. <laughs> you must do this thing. Although knowing this show, the pastor would be like, I don't know why, but I want to be a roadblock for you, and I'm not going to call the police, but I am going to show up occasionally to really give you a piece of my mind. Yeah, I'm going to let you make this right inexplicably, even Ugh. though it's not your fault. <laughs> so speaking of adults we can and cannot trust, we then cut back to the Leary house where uh, Gail has come home with the promised doggy bag. And I was really hungry when I was watching this, so a lot of my nose are focused around, like, what's in the doggy bag? Are they going to open the doggy bag? If someone better eat what's in that doggy bag, you shouldn't waste food. Uh-huh. To make sure if it's something that needs to go in the fridge, it should probably go in the fridge. And they kind of get into this semi-flirty discussion about their first kiss, because Mitch is telling his wife about the very normal interaction he had <laughs> teaching Dawson to kiss. Mm-hmm. Extremely normal, casual. And I can't tell if she, like, really forgets in the beginning or is faking the whole time, but she's acting like she doesn't remember their first kiss and sort of, like, clearly at some point either remembers or drops the charade because, like, the camera can see her behind him kind of, like, smiling as she like is like oh it was that pizza place where you got red pepper in your eye and he's like that was our third date (laughs) and she whips out a chapstick and smears it all over her bold red lipstick she's been wearing all day and again makeup corner i wanted some insight from you zoe on what you thought about smearing some cherry chapstick on top of the red lip you've been rocking all day and at dinner well first of all Big, big product placement with that, with the name brand Chapstick. Chapstick medicated, please. Full screen with the black label Chapstick. Don't you want some? My God. I w- so the Chapstick on top of the red lip makes me uncomfortable because, and I think I've mentioned this before on this podcast, which is funny because we have only have one episode but in the can. But when I wear a lot of my lips are, I'm not like a, I'm not a super um gloss, gloss kind of a, bitch like a like most of my lips are matte and sometimes even wet to matte so they're super dry and if you put chapstick on top of a wet to matte it like sometimes it can work out but most of the time the oil in the chapstick is gonna ruin the good parts of the lip that you're wearing like you can use chapstick to take lipstick off so that is a hot tip <laughs> it's a, here's a hot tip so if you want to mute the color, you can use chapstick to do that. And she's like the end of her day, you know. But why not just take the lipstick off is my question. Sure. Or have her just not be wearing such an obvious, like, bright, uh, whatever Joey called it last episode, harlot red or whatever. Right, right, right. But, you know, 
she's a busy girl. She's got two men stringing them along. So maybe she doesn't have time to take her lip off before she makes a move on Mitch. Also, by the time they do actually kiss, the lipstick is miraculously gone. I didn't even so... notice. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, so eventually she's like, he, you know, he's getting very frustrated. And rather than say, I do remember, she just sits on his lap and plants a chapstick medicated right on his lips. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. make out intensely. Literally, my note at the end of the scene is just, they have a very interesting dynamic, I must say. <laughs> I must say. They do also talk about the movie Ordinary People, just to keep our movie watch a go in. I believe it's one of the dates they went on and one of them describes it as like the depressing movie about death, which is accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the next scene, we fade to commercial again. We come back from commercial uh, and we see Pacey walking down the boardwalk by himself in what I thought at first was gray sweats. And I was like, oh man, you wore sweatpants to a dance. That sucks, Pacey. That's what gross guys wear to the strip club so that they can get more dick rubbing. Oh, vomit. I, yeah. But it's not that. It's just that his khakis are so baggy that they appear to be sweatpants. Thank you, 90s. So that's a look. But uh, yeah, striding down the boardwalk in, in what seems like the same exact position or, or place that he kissed Tamara in the first episode. Well, I was going to say, if this sounds familiar, audience, it's not because we're repeating ourselves. It's because the same thing happened last episode as this episode where he just runs into Tamara on the boardwalk, like on a, a pier. And they kind of acknowledge it where he's like, you know, I don't know, fancy seeing you here again or some doodattery that they throw out there. But it's still lazy. Yeah, lazy and like, what's what's Tamara doing at the docks? <laughs> like, she should stay away from there if this keeps happening. Well, she kind of implies she wanted to talk to him, but it's like, why does she just always know what part of the dock he's going to be walking by at any given moment? I know. And why can they only speak at the docks? Like, surely, this is like m- the middle of town. Like, isn't there somewhere else a little more... Discreet. Yeah. Yeah. She's a predator, but she's not a good one. <laughs> Mm-mm. You also know you can't trust her because she has a very tiny purse. Like, how does she fit everything in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't trust a woman with a small purse. Absolutely not. She calls them kissing the most absurd thing I've ever done, not to mention punishable in a court of law. She also says what I did was deadly wrong. I just want to point this out to show that she understands right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And she should go to prison. (laughs) You should go directly to prison because the end of the conversation is like, well, the com- yeah, the conversation is uh, Tamara being like, it was a mistake and you're too young and you have a lot to learn, kid. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. But at the end, they end up making out again. So go to prison. It's ridiculous. You need help, Tamara. <laughs> What's going on in your life? I'm... It's just so hard because I wrote down my notes, like, how would I do damage control if I'd accidentally kissed a child? But it's just like, I don't think that would happen. No. I think unless I had one of those, like, crazy stories you hear where I started acting weird and it turned out I had a tumor that was, like, pressing on my self-control part of my brain. I don't think that would ever be an issue. Like a house, like a thing you'd see in House the Show. Exactly. Exactly. Where you're like, what could it possibly be? Oh, it's like she got bit by a spider a month ago and it's the swelling on her brain. Well, and unfortunately, I don't think we ever learn that Tamara has a swelling on the brain. We don't ever learn that she doesn't. True, actually. <laughs> well, what seems to really turn her is that, and it seems like both times it's that Pacey gets very, like, genuinely emotional. And that's what kind of, like, reels her back in. Not that that's an excuse, because he starts talking about, like, he's like, you know, I'm not good with girls. Like, it's not fair. I finally found someone. And she's kind of like, 
I guess, drawn in by this. But, I, I mean, the, the I don't know. Something about the way he said, like, I'm not good with girls was, like, making me so sad for him. Makes me so sad, but it's also very childlike. Like, and that's what entices her as him being like, me no good with girls. Like, I just started eighth grade and it's a bummer. <laughs> like, well, it does make me also think about we don't yet know anything about Pacey's home life, but I wonder what his home life is like that he feels so acutely that he's not good with girls and is already yearning to like have a relationship, needing someone who he can be in a relationship with. So he's so he's feeling that so intensely already at this young age. Yeah. For sure. He's looking for someone to love him. He for, he is. I mean, yeah, he's very sensitive. He's a sensitive guy, even though the part that Pacey plays in the show is that of uh, the fool, if mm-hmm. you will. The, um, that's the tarot card that represents him. <laughs> yeah, zero. The, 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 the first deck of the Major Arcana, the fool, a.k.a. Pacey Witter. Sure, sure is kind of a misnomer. It's kind of a foil in and of itself because he's very sensitive and he's the best character at the end. Anyway, <laughs> so they make out again, which sucks. And then we cut back to Dawson and Joey who are still uh, processing in the middle of the street here. <laughs> I love that Dawson says it's officially over and Joey says it never began. Like always right there with reality. Yeah, like just fuck you, man. It's just... <laughs> I, yeah, I do appreciate that about Joey. She uh, She's not one to gild the lily, Mm-mm. which I do like. And Dawson um, leans more into this weird, like, werewolf sea creature metaphor where he's like, there's no middle ground anymore. Like, if I get like this again, chain me to my bed and wait for my moment of clarity. So they're really leaning into that puberty as werewolf trans- transformation idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, a classic. And then they sort of stop talking when they notice that Jen is not only on the boardwalk where everything happens, but she's buying saltwater taffy from a cart. Nighttime saltwater taffy from Mike's saltwater taffy in like a traveling wheelbarrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's summer. Everyone's in like light fabric. So it's summer and it's pitch black. It's dark, which means it's like seven or eight or 9 p.m. On the boardwalk, and she's just like, I guess I'll have some sad taffy. (laughs) She's also buying it from, like, a 1940s, like, construction worker. Yeah, like, all she needs is a hoop and a stick Mm -hmm. (laughs) to complete the transformation. But anyway, they they get an eyeful of her buying her sad her her sadness taffy, and then she like fully spreads her legs to lean over the railing to look over the creek. Like it's a very weird stance that she takes leaning at that railing. Yeah, well, you know, you got to plant those feet if you're going to take in the glory of the creek. Sure. You well, know? you got to really make sure you're anchored because it would be really tragic if you were like hit on the <laughs> head by something and you fell into the water and drowned. That would be <laughs> bad. So you got to make sure you have a good base that you're standing on, a nice wide base. Yeah, that would probably be, that would be a really good idea to try and guard against something like Mm -hmm, that. Absolutely. That would probably shake up a town. Uh, So, of course, Dawson makes his second move, or third move, or a millionth move. And Joey does begrudgingly give her consent for him to go. I think she says, like, I hope you get your kiss, or something like that. So she kind of co-signs him going off into the world and pursuing Jen. Totally. And then she, again, fades into the woodwork. (laughs) Just disappears. And Jen and Dawson try to, like, break down what ha- what's happened, but again, in the confusing way Dawson's Creek do- does, where I still don't really understand anything that happened. Like, I think Jen says, I'm beginning to feel like your TV set. And, of course, Dawson pulls the, I'm sorry, I got scared. I was becoming the friend that you, like, talk about your boy adventures to or something. I, ugh. And he says, I want to be your boyfriend adventure, your boy adventure. Which will mm-hmm. come back later, much later. Mm-hmm. 
And then, and then he, like, looks over and sees, like, an old couple toasting in a boat. <laughs> yeah, and that teaches them that they should want to date. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It's a really weird conversation. I also had a lot of questions about that couple in the boat they were looking at because it was like an older gentleman and a very slim younger woman with very short hair who were like dancing alone in a boat with no music. Yeah. You know, casual like. Like I, I don't, not saying it's a Natalie Wood situation, but I am saying she might sink to the icy depths later that night. (laughs) Perhaps. For chance. And then Jen pretty much forgives Dawson in probably the most ill-advised move of history. Yeah, I think he kind of pushes her and she's like, I'm interested. And he's like, what does that mean or something? And she says, in an adventure. Mm -hmm. Which is a very charming way for her to rephrase his uncharming language. Right. And then then to be the creepiest creep of all time, (laughs) she... She's, she's like, what do I have to do? Or, like, what can I do to start this adventure or whatever? Like, what what's the first step? And he's just like, you could kiss me. Ugh, he doesn't know when to fucking take a victory. So fucking creepy. And luckily, she doesn't fall for it right away. Yeah. She's like, and this is where she talks about the Scarlet Lindley or her dark past in New York. And she was, and like, with the, with the world-weary persona of somebody, you know, like a 50-year-old narcotics addict... <laughs> Uh, I was just like, uh, things were moving real fast in New York, Dawson. I was going fast. I was going real fast. Tumbling, stumbling. <laughs> like, yep. Like, what were you doing? You're 15. <laughs> I don't know. You just haven't had enough time. I think another way that she talks about the idea of a kiss is she's like, my knees might buckle and I might stumble. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm looking at this, like, you're kind of saying it like Dawson needs to be there to catch you. And it's like, Dawson has nothing to give here. Like, he knows nothing and he cannot protect you. He's not the one to let your guard down around. I know. And the, the yeah, the way she frames this this monologue is like, I'm worried that if I open my heart to you, I'll, you'll, I'll like, love you too completely. Yeah, that's a big danger. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, true. When I was 15, I was probably like, yeah, so true. Like, yeah, wow. <laughs> But looking back at this as a 30-year-old woman, it's just like, don't worry about it, kid. Don't hurt yourself, big boy. Anyway. So she kind of transitions it, transitions it to be like, transitions. how about we dance? And so they end up dancing on the pier, talking a lot about how it's not about the destination. It's about, and again, like, yeah, she talks about it like a 40-year-old woman who's trying to recapture the magic. She's like, it's not about the kiss. It's about... The desire and, like, mm-hmm. the anticipation. Yeah. It's like, what 15-year-old is like, we can't lock lips because I need to build the desire and anticipation. It's like, how can I engineer a game of spin the bottle so that I can force someone to meet their lips to mine? I know, because she's so, at the tender age of 15, she's so world-weary and she's had so many men by now that she's just, like, bored with going through the motions. Mm-hmm. She's like, I can't do this again. I promised myself I would go for something real. <laughs> okay. Like, she and Tamara have had the same life experience. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, call me when you can drive a car legally. (laughs) Like, okay. And at this point, Joey does reappear to creep from afar and, like, gaze upon them. But it's, like, fully, like, it cuts back and she's standing there. Yep, yep. (laughs) Like, ah! Apparently, so when I read that, I read an interview with the woman who played Gail, like, about her experience, and she talked about her and how her and Katie Holmes were really close. And she talked about when they got this song that's playing during the scene, which we'll we'll probably add to our Spotify playlist. (laughs) That Katie Holmes, like, played it for her and was like, they're going to use this song in the episode. It's so beautiful. And she, like, started crying. So. Oh, that's that's so gay. (laughs) Tomato, tomato. 
Uh, yeah, and that, and then we fade to black, and that's the end of episode two, called, called Dance. So, what did you think of this episode, Zoe? Like, the pilot's obviously amazing, just because we're, we're in this new world, but uh, did you enjoy this episode? What, what were your thoughts? I enjoyed it. I think that it has set us up for some unfortunate themes surrounding women and their autonomy. Yep. Uh, which is not a surprise. I mean, the '90s not an incredible time for women on television. Like, the, like definitely some uh, groundbreaking work. Not on this show, but <laughs> others. <laughs> groundbreaking work out there. But it's too bad that this is what we were showing to children. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I will say, I do love, I do love a theme surrounding the big dance. I love a big dance. I love uh, regionals of any kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big game. Uh, homecoming. These are all I love. I love stuff like that. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah, I, I like this. I like this episode even kind of for the weird stuff. Like I don't think you'd get a Dawson making out with a a severed mannequin head in later episodes. <laughs> so I kind of like the rough edges, and I don't think you probably get a reference to Jen's like possible lesbianism in quite the same like no. direct way that we do in this. So um, I kind of like those rough edges, uh, and I will say there were. There were pretty. There weren't that many parts where I was totally zoned out and bored. There's enough yeah. churning away, even if it's like so bad it's good that I was like fully engaged the whole episode. And I think we're in the early days where they could get good real music, so it's not like breathy fake '90s music that you can get for almost no royalties. It's like legit songs. So I think that really helps carry a lot of these moments because the actors aren't quite there, the writing's not quite there, but a lot of that's just like kind of swept along by Savage Garden. <laughs> yeah agree yeah this is definitely a good episode good episode too so just to circle back to our last picture show the movies we've clocked in this episode are to have and to have not psycho greece saturday night saturday night fever staying alive and ordinary people we got through a lot of them yeah in this episode. so these were all reference no movies were watched in this one. right 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 uh, and for Jen Lindley Punishment Watch, uh, for the Scar- Scarlet Lindley, um, it, we just find out more about Jen's sort of backstory. She was moving real fast. I don't know if you guys gleamed that from the many times that they and I said it about this episode. Jen was moving fast in New York City. What that means, we're not really sure, but it has something to do with apparently just being with a ton of guys. <laughs> right. Well, as far as we know so far, she's a virgin, but she must have kissed Way too many. She's guys. a virgin that's that's yeah has somehow made out with a ton of dudes, uh, and now she's world weary about it, and she has to like start again at the tender age of fifteen. Yeah, and she just generally does not like. She tries to go on this date with Cliff, and of course, it gets ruined by Dawson. Yeah, who she later like forgives and says and like gives hope that they might date someday. Yeah, yeah. lets him rub his body against hers. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, do you think you learned any important lessons, my friend? See, I believe that all the mysteries of the universe, all the answers to life's questions can be found in a Spielberg film. I, yeah, the important lesson I learned was if you want to tell one of your friends that she's got a great body, you should just, you should just have sex with her. <laughs> uh, co-signed. Uh, you know, like, just try it. Give it a shot, you know? What's the worst that could happen? Amen. The best that could happen is you bump nipples. <laughs> and that's the best. You know what? You're right. Here's the real life lesson from this episode. If you find one of your heterosexual friend, female friends attractive, just bump nipples. It's no big just, deal. Don't, it's no big deal. Don't waste time, you know, dancing around it. Just get whip those suckers out mm-hmm. and, you know, no problem. Yep. 
You could maybe say boop as they come together. Yeah, or ping. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, well, that's all I got. What about you? I think this uh, episode to me was all about the importance of consent and getting it and understanding it, understanding that laughter doesn't mean consent, understanding that people of a certain age cannot consent to you if you're an adult with a lot more life experience. Understanding that you don't have the right to someone else without their consent. So, for example, you can't just barge in and steal them when they're dancing with someone else. This was sort of an object lesson in what <laughs> not to do in the realms of consent. Yeah, fully agree. And I hope that that's a lesson we all learn. Spoiler alert, I don't think it's a lesson the show learned as these themes will continue ad infinitum. Aw, oh, beans. <laughs> all right. Good night, Gentle Creek. Let the sun set over you and... Get into your lonely adolescent beds and chain yourself there because we're signing off. Signing off. Until next time, my name is Zoe. I'm Gabby. Uh, see you around the creek, probably on Twitter or don't know if we have a Twitter, uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, we have all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, follow us, like us, review us on iTunes or whatever podcast app you like to use. That's how artists, like maybe ones who are participating in a some sort of teen-based film festival or podcasters support each other. And we appreciate any sort of support that you'd like to give us. And if you want to reach out to us, we would love to hear from you if you have any thoughts, run-ins, uh, specific decreek knowledge, or you know maybe you have a memory of a very special night when one episode aired and your life changed forever. Yeah, we're desperate to hear about that because I certainly do and Gabby does too. And we want to hear about your personal experiences with this with this business we call show. Absolutely. All right, until next time, have a good creek. <laughs> Goodbye. Creek night.